You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Babylon 5 ended a great war and united a hundred alien races in peace. Danger didn't die. It just went underground with new heroes and new evils to carry the torch. We need to make sure they all understand we will not be intimidated. What is wrong with you people? We have to protect him against himself. It's an entire new season of Babylon 5 with all new episodes. And so begins. There is a hole in your mind. What do you want? No one here. It's exactly what he appears. Nothing's the same anymore. Commander Sinclair is being reassigned. Why don't you eliminate the entire non-homo? I see a great hand reaching out of the stuff. Who are you? President Clark has signed a decree today declaring martial law. These orders have forced us to declare independence. That's why people get off their encounter-suited butts and do something. You are the one who wants to Zahadu who will die. Why are you here? Do you have anything worth living for? Think of my beautiful city. Giants in the playground. Get the hell out of our galaxy! We are here to place President Clark under arrest. Turn around. Very, very slowly. Hello, Mr. Garibaldi. Good to see you again. I was wondering how you were doing. Call. Shut up. Obviously haven't improved your manners. And welcome to the Epsilon 3, a Babylon 5 rewatch podcast. Each week, we review an episode of the 1990s sci fi TV classic Babylon 5. This week is season 5, episode 11 The Ragged Edge. I'm Paul. I'm Dan. I'm Sean. And, and we, we are, are the, the Epsilon, Epsilon 3. And the synopsis Garibaldi's relapse into alcoholism jeopardizes a covert mission to the drowsy homeworld. And Jacquard discovers that he has become a religious leader to his people. Written by JMS and directed by John Copeland, this episode was released on April 8th, 1998, and takes place from June the 20th to June the 23rd, 2262. And the guest stars, Marshall R. Teague as Talon, John Castellanus as Tafik Azir, Miron E. Willis as Brana. Brannag, Brannag, Brannigan. Brannigan, thank you. She, didn't she sing a song in the 90s? Oh, 80s. Yeah. Laura Brannigan. Must have been his sister. Um, Mark Hendrickson as non-acolyte and uncredited are Bill Blair as Alien, Carl J. Martin as Airsick Drazi, and Hayley McLean as Computer Voice. So, guys, what did we think of this episode? I think it was pretty good. Uh Anytime that we see a bunch of Jakar stuff, and especially when he interacts with Blondo, it's it's great. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, we get uh, drunk again, Uncle Mike, at the end. That's pretty cool. <laughs> that, that, that's never a bad thing, <laughs> you know. And uh, we, we got John super busy with paperwork to start off with. Uh, yeah, it's, it, we get Michael beat up, and uh, it, it's always good to have him have his cup up, come up and stare. So, uh, you know, because in season four... He was uh, 
kind of a, a dickish character, so his charm is worn off. So it was it was pretty good episode all the way around. What do you guys think? Yeah, I enjoyed it. It, it felt like it was a natural progression from where we left off on season four we didn't have to take this detour into byron and we will all be in a better place because we're now in this episode that's where we are we're in a better place um we just we just feels like we took a detour for the last four or five weeks and this could have easily been episode three we're carrying on with the adventure um you know we've got a trouble with garibaldi going back on to his alcoholism but he's also being super spy garibaldi and he's going undercover and it, it was good fun um it was a nice little insight into the drowsy lifestyle that their rooms are smaller and their balconies are bigger because they're an outdoor people and all this kind of stuff it was just nice to be in the world of babylon 5 for a change rather than sticking to a group of telepaths who we didn't really care about um, and yes, it's Jakar. We got Jakar sort of becoming even more prominent than just being citizen Jakar. And it was nice. And I haven't seen season five. So to see him continue and have a story arc and, and see where that's going. And he's now outsold the book of Shaquan and he's got followers and stuff. It was, it was fun. And I like the comedy beat with their uh, Talon when he was sort of saying, uh, yes, it went to the printers and there might be five or so hundred thousand i just enjoyed it it was a nice little moment between the two of them so yeah it was good fun maybe not a perfect episode but because because we're getting it after everything that we've had with all of the teeps it was just so much better so much mm. nicer it was like a yes. return to babylon 5 a breath of fresh air if you will yes like the space station yeah <laughs> recycled fresh air <laughs> Well, as Sean uh, said before, uh, Sheridan is already late. Uh, who knew the presidency was 50% panic and 50% paperwork? He managed to get all of the treaties uh, signed just before he arrives in the council chamber. But when he gets there, there is only Delenn waiting for him. The members of the alliance have, veto have voted to veto the council meetings until it can guarantee the safety of their shipping lines. Sheridan says he doesn't blame them. And that they are, and that they need a break to discover who the attackers are, and quickly. It just so happens they might have one, as Red Star Nine is under attack. The pilot of the transporter is using something that looks like a headset and gun control from the Millennium Falcon in Star Wars. <laughs> yes, but it's too late, and the ship is destroyed, <laughs> but not before the pilot ejects. I'm sure he'll be fine. He'll be fine. Oh, he'll be yeah, he'll be perfectly fine. I mean, he's got he's got the the gun control from Star Wars. As soon as I saw it, I thought, and he moved it the same way that Han Solo when he jumps into the seat and he he adjusts the uh, you know the, the microphone mm -hmm. and gets hold of the gun. And the control is like moving all over the place. It's not, it doesn't look as though it's actually fixed. And you know, they've just given him a they've just handed him a, like a, a steering wheel of some sort that's not attached to anything. And he's trying to steer a car with it. And he's all over the place. It, it just looked exactly the same as 1977 uh, Star Wars. It was his big moment. He had to milk it for all it was worth. <laughs> yes. It looked as though he was milking it as well. The actions he was doing. It. Yeah. Shikar and Londo have returned to Babylon 5. Is a strange thing. In the past, it was a great relief to, to leave Babylon 5 and a great joy to return home. Now it is a relief to leave Centauri Prime and be anywhere else. I don't know what to call home anymore. Well, have you considered the possibility that you're simply not meant to be happy no matter where you are? No, I haven't. Not until you mentioned it. And everyone seems to be looking at Shakar. But he does not know why. 
I thought you were supposed to be protecting me, looking out for my best interests. I am. The warrior in me is watching out for your life. But the Norn in me has decided that it's your spirit that's in the greatest need of protection. No, wait, is it me? Or are people looking at us? Well, at me, actually. Why? I don't know. I'm on it, sir. They seem very glad to see you. Yes, but we weren't gone that long, less than a month. Everybody is bowing to him. Well, there you have the key to your popularity, your absence. Go away for a month and they bow. Go away for six months, they will tear the place apart when you come back. Perhaps you should go away and never come back again. Then your popularity would be so overwhelming, it would blacken the stars. Now, I have always said this about you. Nothing so improves your company like the lack of it. The less they see of you, the more they like you. No, no, wait, wait, wait. Perhaps you can make some money from this. Ten credits for you not to be there for an hour. A hundred credits for you not to be there for the day, and for you not to be there for the rest of your life, well, they could never afford. Now, this is why I say that this episode comes where it is, because they have just arrived back on Babylon 5. Now, if this was set four or five episodes ago, it makes no sense whatsoever that they leave, they come back within the same, you know, within one episode, and then everything afterwards is happening while they were supposed to be away, and it doesn't fit in there. So that's why it fits in here. Makes sense. Makes sense. Garibaldi is woken by a message from Zach Allen. It's 10 o'clock and he's late for work. They had an appointment to go over some reports, but that's been missed. But but he must be in the president's office in half an hour. It's obviously the effects of the drink that he had had in the last episode. In the president's office, Dilem brings a report about a human transport ship that has been attacked. There is a life pod missing, which means there must be a surviving witness to the attack. This is just the break they needed. However, he might have been an illegal smuggler coming out of Drazi space, so he wouldn't want to be found. Garibaldi says they can forget about any help from the Drazi government. He knows somebody who's working on the Drazi homeworld and thinks that he might be able to get to find the survivor, Sheridan says, to take Franklin with him. But Garibaldi says no, a little too aggressively, and that he wants to go alone. Shikar is still being hounded by a lot of Narns. When he gets back to his quarters, he finds Talon. He has taken something from Shikar's quarters. It turns out to be the book that he has spent the last two years writing. Talon thought that Shikar had been taken by the Centauri and would not come back, so they liberated his book. They took it back to Narn, where people read it, and made copies. Shikar has only been gone for a month, so there can't be that many copies but apparently there are about 500 to 600,000 copies. Shikar is now a religious icon. That's pretty good going in a month to, to, to sell 500 mm-hmm. to 600,000 copies and outsell the Book of Shikwan, which is like the Bible, if you like. And it's been yeah. around for a lot longer. Exactly. And it's been printed many, many times over many, many years. Well, apparently only 500 to 600,000 copies. But I wonder how many copies of the Bible there are then in that case. 2,000 years of printing copies or how, you know, that have been. Yeah. That's what you wouldn't really know early on how many there would have been. Uh, A lot. Well, anyway, I say 2,000. It was probably only about 1,500, isn't it? It was, it was written sometime after. But yeah, even so, yeah. still a lot of copies in a month. Yeah, even if you take it from like printing press time, which has only been in like the like past 250 years, mm-hmm. that's still going to be that. I suppose you could then argue which version is it King James Bible? Is uh, it the Gregorian Bible? True. Is it all the different? Yeah. But still, yeah. Yeah. Garibaldi is about to leave when Franklin pulls him to one side. 
He wants to know if he had, if, sorry, if he and Garibaldi are okay. After the way, he didn't want him to come to, on the trip. Garibaldi placates him, but Stephen is still doubtful, so he tells him if he needs anything, anything at all, or wants to talk, he can just give him a call, as he knows where he is. Jacquard is still walking around the Zocalo, followed by people. Followers, in fact. Londo is most amused by this, and asks if he appears in the book of Jacquard. Jacquard says yes, but only by description. Na tak burella. It's a colloquialism. I can't even say that word. Colloquialism. There we go. It means prideful wind catcher. Lando says he'll wait for the movie. <laughs> He's in the movie. <laughs> in a ship that looks suspiciously like a Russian jet fighter, Garibaldi and an airsick Drazi are <laughs> making their way down to the Drazi homeworld. Garibaldi gets to his hotel room and walks out onto a lavish balcony with an amazing view of the city. Suddenly, just like in an episode of Mr. Ben, a man appears, and Garibaldi draws his PPG, but it turns out to be his contact, Tafik, Tafik Azir. Tafik says that the pilot he is looking for has gone into hiding. His employers are not happy that he has lost the ship, and the Drazi agents are still waiting for the shipment he owes them. Just then, room service arrives, and Tafik asks what Garibaldi thinks of his city. So, what do you think of my city? Well, I think it's hot, crowded, it's noisy, and it's old. Thank you. And uh, what's with the streets? They're, they're narrow, you can hardly get by. Tradition goes back centuries. To prevent invaders from taking their city, they built their streets too narrow for armies or engines of war. When you have to go through two or three at a time, you are most vulnerable. And then they get into buttoning shirts. See, now you can fly over and drop these things called bombs. What's the point? What's the point of any tradition? Look around. The Drazi were originally an outdoor race. They came indoors only when necessary, so their rooms were small, the balconies large. Now they live indoors like the rest of us, but the architecture remains. Your shirt buttons from the left, but a woman's blouse buttons from the right because servants used to dress them. The servants are gone, but the style remains. We've already had the trousers, uh, yeah, the, which, yeah, and the socks, <laughs> and, and now we've got shirts. They agree to meet the pilot at night in a park. Garibaldi has nodded off, and after a drink with Tafik, uh, Tafik says he will meet him downstairs. But when he leaves the room... He is shot in the corridor. Nasty place to be shot, that. Later, Garibaldi wakes. When he goes to the balcony, he sees the signal light from the pilot. When he leaves the room to investigate, he finds a Drazi standing over Tafik. They fight, which ends badly for the Drazi, who ends up falling over a balcony. Garibaldi finds Tafik, but unfortunately, he dies before he can say anything. The Drazi has managed to climb back over the balcony. Garibaldi runs out of the building and finds the pilot being beaten up by three men. He attacks them and is beaten up as the attackers run away. Garibaldi goes to the pilot, but he is too late as he is dead. So he makes a run for it, just as the Drazi comes looking for him. Back, back on Babylon 5, Dylan gets a message from Garibaldi. He's a mess, and he says his mission has collapsed, and he needs transport to get away. He asks Dylan for a White Star, and she says there is one nearby that can pick him up. Talon is trying to get to see Jakar, and he has to make his way through a lot of disciples. 
Talon says Shikara should speak to his followers, but Shikara says he has nothing to say to them. It is not his pl place in life to lead. They would like to speak to you. Or more to the point, I think they would like you to speak to them. I have nothing to say to them. I turned down a chance to become ruler of our world, Talon, and I never once looked back because it is not my place in life to lead. If I turn that down, how can I take on all this? He has nothing to teach them. A long time ago, Jakar, I told you that you had an unfair advantage over me. I carry my sword in my hand, but you, you carry your sword in your heart, where no one can take it from you. I have an obligation of honor to use mine. Do you not share that obligation to use yours? To what end, Talon? I have nothing to teach them. That is where you are wrong. Talon has not read his book, but he has seen the effects of it on the young Nans. For a hundred years, we have taught ourselves one thing, how to hate and how to fight. This is a new age, Jakar. We have to learn other lessons. Our leaders back home, they know only the old ways. But you have been beyond and survived it and have come back to teach us what it is like. Shikar is not used to looking after other people. I have not personally read your book. I've never been a very spiritual person. But I have seen the light of understanding come into their eyes. It's not about teaching something. It's about unlearning hatred and unlearning fear. All my life, I have been responsible only for myself. When I risked, I risked alone to avoid making others pay the price for my mistakes. They want me to show them another way. What if I show them the wrong way? What if they come to me not because of the lesson, but because of the teacher? Garibaldi is reporting back to Sheridan, Delenn and Jakar on his trip to the Drazi homeworld. The only thing that, has brought, that he has brought back with him is something that fell off one of the attackers. He says only the people who attacked the pilot and, and him knew what the pilot could tell him. They attacked him in order to stop him revealing who is behind the attacks on the transporters. Garibaldi says the attackers were tipped off and they must have a leak. Just then, Londo appears, complaining about the local lifts. Londo recognises the item that Garibaldi has brought back from the Drazi homeworld. It's a button from the uniform of a Centauri Emperor's own guard. Londo asks where Garibaldi got the button from, and Garibaldi says he found it in the Zocalo. Later, Jacquard, Sheridan, Delenn and Garibaldi meet without Londo. They come to the conclusion that although Londo is not the source of the leak, he may have inadvertently given away some information that led to Garibaldi being attacked. But what do the Centauri have to gain by these attacks? Sheridan says divide and conquer, but Delenn points out the Centauri need the alliance. Garibaldi asks whether they should say something to Londo, but Shikar says no, as there are two factions in the Centauri royal court, and they don't know which one is capable of the attacks. They ask Shikar to keep an eye on him, which I thought was quite funny. You know, 
He's only got one. And he could quite easily keep an eye on him. Uh, he says that's all he has these days. Doctor's personal journal continued. Sent word to EarthGov to confirm the information I received the other day. Confirmation came in this afternoon. You know, the thing about being a doctor is you learn how to deal with all the hard questions. This one. This one is one of the hardest I've had to deal with in a long, long time. I think I've come to a decision. One thing's for sure. I'm sure I'm going to miss this place. Jakar is giving his sermon to his disciples. In the past, we have had little to do with other races. Evolution teaches us that we must fight that which is different in order to secure land, food, and mates for ourselves. But we must reach a point where the nobility of intellect asserts itself and says no. We need not be afraid of those who are different. We can embrace that difference and learn from it. But the Book of Shikar says to hate the Centauri. I understand what you are saying. But in the Book of Jakar, it says that the Centauri cannot be trusted. When was that written in the book? In the beginning. Exactly. Over time, I learned, as you will learn. The Book of Jakar is holy. If it was written under the direct inspiration of the universe itself, as everyone believes it to be, then the whole of it must be true. How then can you go against it? Shikar uh, tells him to put his face in the book. Show me the passage in the book. Good. Good. Now, put your face in the book. If the book is holy and I am holy, then I must help you become closer to the thoughts of the universe. Put your face in the book. <laughs> the first thing we are all taught is that while outsiders cannot be trusted, we can always trust a fellow Norn, yes? This is your point, is it not? Good. Then put your face in the book. He puts his face in the book. There's lesson number one. <laughs> I thought that was funny because I thought, is he actually going to do this? You know, he's he was this. he was reluctant, but he did it. He did it, yeah. He did and it, then, and then you hear, boom. oh, oh, <laughs> oh, and there's that thing about trust. Yeah. <laughs> Franklin comes to see Sheridan in his office. <clears throat> Oh, Stephen. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, come in. We missed you at the meeting last night. Well, yeah, I, uh, I had some things I had to think about, but... Uh, He's come to a decision. Now that I've come to a decision, I wanted you to be the first to know. Uh, know what? I, uh... I got a call from... Dr. Benjamin Kyle, head of xenobiological research at Earthdome. Mm -hmm. We've crossed paths here and there over the years, and he was even loaned out to B5 for a while when the place first went online. He'll be a hard act to follow. I have a lot of respect for his work, and he has a lot for mine, and 
Well, he's retiring at the end of the year. Hmm. It'll be a loss. I am familiar with some of his work. He's brilliant. It'll be a hard act to follow. Yes, he is. And yes, he will be. Which is why I had to think long and hard when he asked me to take over for him. It's a match made in heaven. I thought you were compiling data on alien disease transmission for Delenn and the Alliance. I am. And if anything, this will make it easier. Earth Dome has a hell of a lot more resources than we've got here. And I'd have a huge staff. And with the Alliance giving me the authority to go where I need to go to put this information together, I'd, in a lot of ways, it's a, it's a match made in heaven. Sheridan is not happy about the news. I see. And it, it's not immediate. I mean, like I said, Dr. Kyle will stay on till the end of the year, but effective January 1, 2263, I will be the new head of xenobiological research at Earth Dome. Well, I would be a liar if I said that I was happy to hear this. You are a valuable member of the team. <laughs> you have saved all of our necks so many times, I don't even want to think about it. But he must do the right thing. And on a you know, strictly personal level, I value your friendship. But you do have to do the right thing. That's a hell of a promotion. Congratulations, Stephen. Thank you. Well, uh, would you uh, like me to tell Delenn? No, no, I'll do that. Then I'll just have to tell everyone else. Uh, I think Garibaldi will probably take it the hardest. Next to him, I've been here the longest of anybody from Earth. I've got a call into him right now. Not an agreement there, Dan? Yeah, that's fine. I, I thought he might have been easily replaceable by, I don't know, a handful of the other doctors who were on staff. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but you know, he's got this alien device that he can use and, and needs to uh, you know, true. check out. And, you know, that's his trump card, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. Worked out well for Marcus. <laughs> He's used it all up. That's the problem. <laughs> That's it. Franklin says he would tell Delenn and Garibaldi. Michael will probably take take it the hardest, but he's got a call with him soon. Unfortunately, Garibaldi is catatonic with an empty with empty alcohol bottles on the table next to him. It's my Uncle Mike drunk again. But you know what's not drunk? This promo for another podcast right here on the ESO Network. What's new on the 42 cast? Let's ask my co-hosts. We're talking about Doctor Who. Comic book shows and movies. And we're talking about all things Star Trek. And so much more. Check us out on Google Play, Stitcher Radio, and iTunes. It's only on the 42 cast. Your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. So Nathan, when are we finally talking Babylon 5? Okay, and trivia time. When Garibaldi's transport is landing on the Drazi homeworld, the terrain below is actually the Kuril Islands off eastern Siberia and the north coast of the Japanese islands of Hokkaido. Oh, hmm, I didn't notice that. No. Did Len jokes to Sheridan that she will give him something to sign, authorizing the bombing of Earth immediately as he is busy signing paperwork. It is a joke referencing uh, reference to the incident where President Ronald Reagan was caught on tape joking that... He, he signed an executive order authorizing the immediate, immediate bombing of the Soviet Union. 
Yes, I seem to remember that. In Garibaldi's bal balcony fight scene, when he is thrown against the railing, it quivers and wobbles, revealing the low-quality structure integri structural integrity of the set piece. I, I was wondering if that was going to come up in trivia, because I, I watched it and it did it yeah. like three or four times. I was like, if yes. Paul doesn't bring that up, I have to. <laughs> yeah, it was substantial. You could really see it. Um, yeah. That wasn't just a wobble. That was really bad. It was. Mm -hmm. when they, After saying that they have these lavish balconies and they're beautifully <laughs> made and all this, and the whole thing just wobbles. And then when the, when the drafts Climbs back over it again. It looked a bit insecure oh, yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah, like that was that was horrible. Very oh, obvious. Dear. So, Sean, are there any Star Trek connections? Boy, howdy, are there ever! All right, what do we got here? We got uh, Marshall Teague back uh, as Talon, and we haven't seen him for a while. So, just to reiterate his uh, Star Trek credentials, he was on Deep Space Nine's episode uh, "Hippocratic Oath" as Timozuma. And uh, he was in the Voyager episode, Distant Origin, as Haluk or Haluk or Haluli, I don't know, something. <laughs> uh, and then we have uh, Mirren Wilson, who played Brannigan in this episode. He played Klingon Guard number two in the Next Generation episode, Reunion. And in Voyager, he played Reddick in two episodes, uh, Alliances and Threshold. And then we've got our good buddy, Carl Morton, who was the sick Drazi. Blink and you miss him. Uh, he was in uh, Next Generation and Deep Space Nine as a graphic designer. He was in Star Trek Into Darkness as a set designer. He was in uh, Discovery as a set designer and the first assistant art director. And he was in Star Trek Picard as a set designer. Very good. Uh, Haley McLean, did you mention her? No, but we talked about her before. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she was in a recent episode. Yes, so. that's right. Yeah, that's the one I, I mentioned at the time, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Good. Okay. Ratings. Uh, we rate these episodes we watch um, out of five jump gates because it's Pebble on five, and IMDb rates theirs out of a scale of ten. Their rating is seven point four, uh, which translates to um, he says trying to find it. Oh. Why have I not written it down? Oh, I have written it down. Uh, 3.7. Those of you who are good at maths would have got that before I did. Um, so, Sean, what rating did you give this episode? Uh, my rating is a little bit higher. I don't know if it's because uh, we've, we've come off uh, a series of 10 or 12 uh, horrible uh, telepath episodes or not. Uh, but this was this was great. This was a great episode. Uh, all the Jakar stuff, uh, all the Michael stuff. Uh fact that the doctor might be leaving that's awesome uh, i'm gonna give it uh 4.25 i gave it an extra point oh wow that's okay yeah good that's amazing because i've already sort of put my rating in and uh that's exactly the same as mine just to spoil a few things there but okay uh dan um yeah it, because of what's come before it makes this episode so much better so it's uh you've got shakar you've got londo you've got all the fun stuff that they have between themselves then it's jakar and Talon, all good fun we don't have any reference to the telepaths because obviously it's a little bit out of the order and everything's sort of it this is kind of feels like a standalone episode but it's also connected to everything um you got garibaldi and we're invested in his story because of the alcoholism and this is a story that we've had for four seasons 
so it calls back to all of those things it feels like it's back to babylon 5 which we haven't had so um it's a solid four already from me but i'm going to push it up because i have enjoyed it i enjoyed the whole put your face in the book moment and you know the wobbly sets actually made me laugh a bit so it was quite nice it was quite nice to have an enjoyable episode of babylon 5 so i'm going to go a 4.2 oh there you go all of us agreed on that within point zero five of a uh, mm. of a point. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's this is one of the better episodes, isn't it? It's it's not um, top ten because I think there's a lot of you know there's ten better episodes than this, but it's it's certainly not a bad one by any means. Uh, yep, all of the, all of the Jakar and, and Lando stuff. Um, there's a plot Garibaldi going in to do <laughs> what he should be doing. You know, a bit of. Um, espionage and getting in there and extraction and trying to get information that's great i like to see that um doesn't work out for him but what the heck you know that's that's the whole point um it's it's really good really really good and it was a a nice uh, refreshing change from the last couple of episodes we've had um the last episode specifically which was uh, sorry yes which was awful but the previous two which were not bad but this is a little bit better than them so yeah i liked it um I watched it so long ago, I can't remember it. So, <laughs> but I, I, but speaking about it and, re- and reading the review is refreshed my my memory. Um, so yeah, it's good. I liked it, liked it a lot. So yeah, deserving of that uh, uh, average, uh, which would be for this episode. Our average would be four point two three, of course, um, which is pretty high up on the scale. Again, not top ten, but it's it's up there. I'm a bit surprised that IMDb. Uh, gave it quite a low rating, really, for seven point four. Yeah, well, you mm. can't trust yeah. the uh, overlords at IMDb, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. But there you go, and uh, that's the end of this episode. Join us, uh, join us again next week when we will be discussing season five, episode twelve, Day of the Dead. If you have any thoughts on this episode, why not send in some feedback to the epsilon3 at gmail.com. That's three spelled T-H-R-E-E, not the number. Or you can find us on our Facebook page. Just search for the Epsilon 3. Now, if you have any other problems, any other questions at all, just ask. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.